Hello and welcome to Minter Dialogue, episode number 77. This interview, recorded on October 11, 2013, is with Joe Fernandez, co-founder and CEO of Clout, a system that helps identify and engage with influencers. Joe presented at this year's Hub Forum in Paris. I took the chance to record this conversation on the fly. Lots of interesting insights and talking points with regard to the whole area of influence and influence marketing. Sincerely hope you will enjoy this show. Welcome to the Minter Dialogue Internet Show, where we discuss brand marketing with a focus on all things digital. I am Minter Dial, author of TheMindset.com, that's T-H-E-M-Y-N-D-S-E-T, where branding gets personal. You'll find the show notes on the blog for the upcoming interview. Let's cut to quick. Enjoy the show. So today I we are at the Hub Forum 2013, probably one of the premier digital events in Paris, if not to say the premier, in terms of an elite group that comes to attend. And amongst the speakers this year, we had Joe Fernandez of Cloud. So Joe, tell us exactly who you are and what you're up to. Uh, my name is Joe Fernandez. I'm the CEO and co-founder of Cloud. And what... So for those of us who have not heard of it, tell us how you define what is clout. Clout is the standard for measuring influence online. Uh, we, for about 500 million people, we analyze all the content they create across social media to understand their impact, you know, how they influence people by topic, uh, by geography, by, you know, every granular dimension you can imagine. And we've also started going offline, so understanding whether it's through LinkedIn, what your job is, or through Bing, how people search for you, and they search for you because of what you accomplished in the real world, those things also contribute to your cloud. All right, so tell us about the, the types of categories that you have now, because, I mean, you've been developing over time, so people may not be fully up to sniff on how you've categorized these t- different areas of influence. So we've got about 10,000 topics that people can have various levels of influence in and they you know there's high level as music or movies and as low level as you know a specific actor or a specific band uh and so you could really drill down and combine different topics and what happens is brands come to us and generally around when they're launching a product and they want to put that product in people's hands they say i want people who live in you know, this area who are, I want women in Canada who are influential about health and fitness and also, uh, business. And I want to connect with them and give them some sort of experience. We facilitate that relationship. So if I am listening to you, uh, then you're really at the heart of this famous term of big data, where you are using data by this, all these analytics that you have that coming in hopefully making the big smarter by knowing where they're influential and helping them connect with them. Yeah, so uh, we're we're probably one of the biggest data companies there is. Uh, because we're looking across all of social media, we're you know ingesting all of Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, Google+, Instagram. And you think about each of these platforms growing every single day, more people coming on, and the, the mega trend, more people, more content, more accessible. Uh, and we... We try to make sense of all that, and it's kind of a insane goal, but it's it's really motivated a, 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 a you know an amazing set of engineers that uh, 
process about 15 billion pieces of data a day to, to try and make sense of that, and that's growing every single day. So, all right, from your, from your seat, when you see 15 billion pieces of data, what kind of things does it make you think of, and, and how do you see, I mean, what do you see, and how do you see things evolving? I, it's been incredibly interesting because, uh, you know, on one side, we don't want to be prescriptive of what influence is, and, uh, and we're, so we spend a lot of time you know, approaching this from a sociological anthropology, you know, like, you know, really talking about how we communicate and what it means and how these, what these platforms, what are the real signals of influence across all these different platforms and not necessarily how we use them, Mm -hmm. you know, how do other people use them? And then we start seeing really weird behaviors. Like all of a sudden everyone's score in Indonesia starts going up and it's, because they just use social different than us. Mm-hmm. And uh, we don't want to overly benefit them or we don't also want to penalize them. And, you know, so we have to think about those mm-hmm. things. and uh, Normalizing. Normalizing behavior by, you know, whether it's country or by even communities where moms act differently than business people, act differently than kids. Right. Uh, and, and what, you know, so it's infinitely complex, mm-hmm. which is uh, a fun challenge uh, that we try to balance with, you know, data, intuition, uh, you know, a lot of discussion, a lot of feedback, and and the scores are all public. So ultimately, that feedback comes in because people use the site, and either it it resonates in mm-hmm. terms of like feeling accurate, or it doesn't. And well, I mean, it just makes. I just think of the new Nike Fuel Band yeah. with the fuel number, which is kind of the same thing, where they are trying to provide a number that's agnostic to uh, your age. Yeah. So a three-year-old might use a fuel ban and do 700 units uh, just as an 80-year-old will in a wheelchair, but that's because they were drinking their tea and the 30-year-old, three-year-old was ringing their bell. Yeah. And so you're managing to normalize according to the context. Yeah, I think uh, that's a great analogy. And, uh, you know, ultimately, you know, very similar to the Nike fuel band, like we want to be a tool that helps you benchmark your, your effectiveness and, and hopefully get better. And you're, you know, are like golf. You're not playing against everybody else. You're, you're playing the course. Right. And, uh, you know, so it's, it's a, you know, constantly evolving process though. Right. And the other area, of course, that we're, we're constantly talking about. So there's influence online and there's influence offline. And uh, I'm thinking of Google, which now has an analytics process that is is more or less incorporating or allowing certain stores in the rollout of to identify a, a purchase in a store and link it back to a specific marketing activity online. So this this IRL URL ability to track is is obviously on Google's mind. How is it for you? Yeah, I mean, again, this is definitely a mega trend where. Uh, more data, more data, more data, and the transferring between real world and um, online. So, for some cool examples with cloud, our our API, people, you know, ingesting cloud data, is used in lots of real world scenarios that uh, you know most people wouldn't guess. So, if you were to check into a hotel, a lot of the hotels, especially in Las Vegas have the cloud score built into the reservation system. So how, how, do, how exactly do they know? Because, I mean, you know, say if my name is Joe Smith, yeah. not to mention I'm, you know, the guy who comes with the, the girlfriend, <laughs> right? Yeah. No, but, uh, you know, if, how, how do you make that link? 
So there's a couple of ways we can do it. Um, you know, we've gotten really good at analyzing the social graph and analyzing, you know, to understand is this the, the Joe Smith from L.A. or is this the Joe Smith from St. Louis and can make sense of it. You know, it's still a little hit and miss. But you also will find companies literally will just ask, you know, you check into a hotel, they'll ask, you know, who, what's, what's, your, what's your Twitter handle? We'd love to follow you to make sure you have a great weekend. Uh, and it works. Um, and they don't need to opt in afterwards. Yeah, cause, and, and most people will give away their Twitter handle because why wouldn't you? Sure. You're like another follower. You know, it's one way, uh, you know, you're not getting spammed because well, you, you don't, don't have to follow them back. Follow, yeah. uh, but then that data, you know, are, are the, all these different ways you connect with companies where, you know, on their different social channels, they start behind the scenes. They're connecting the dots mm-hmm. also call centers are using the data mm-hmm. and they're actually routing calls where, you know, if you call in, maybe you're not the person who should sit on hold for two hours. Right. Maybe you should talk directly to a manager so that you have a good experience and you're not on, you know, Twitter or your blog saying why you'll never buy that product again. Yeah, I was, just, I was on a conference call last night with uh, an entire customer care group and uh, we're talking about the intersection between loyal, important customers and influential customers, and they're not necessarily both. They're not necessarily both, and I don't think, uh, you know, the same way loyalty, you know, just because somebody is loyal doesn't mean other people should get poor customer service. Just because somebody's influential doesn't mean other people should get poor customer service. But understanding who these people are, and loyalty is mostly defined by how much money somebody spends, Mm -hmm. which is great. And, you know, obviously those people should be recognized, be appreciated. But now there's network value, not just lifetime value, and understanding who those people are that maybe it's their first time interacting with your business, but if they have a good experience, they could bring thousands of new customers. Mm-hmm. Like That's really powerful. And for me, it feels it's democratizing, where I may not be the guy that has all the money, right. but I'm trusted online. And well, people I mean, care about my opinion, and, and when I share, like you know, I should be recognized for that. Well, I mean, that's the proper of the entire internet, the democratization of it. So you, you were saying before you, you study 500 million uh, accounts. What percentage of them are you know I would say using it, or how, how do you give us some stats about the the, the cloud population? So I mean, you there's not a lot you actually do through cloud. It's really what you do through Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and all these other networks. We really, you know, shadow those networks and feed into, to us. So, uh, you know, those are like people actively creating content across Mm -hmm. those networks that have cloud scores that are, that are accessible by businesses. Well, you have those who have opted out. Yes. And does anybody who therefore has a, a Twitter account have a cloud score and, and are there other parameters in opt in and opt out? So there's, if you are creating data on the social web that's public, uh, so if you have a public Twitter account, a public you know, Facebook account, a public whatever, we are ingesting that data and you have a cloud score, whether you're registered for cloud or not. If you're private on those networks or you've come and opted out of cloud, you do not have a cloud account. So that's the kind of, you know, the barrier. Yeah. The, All right, so um, cloud, of course, you're born in the States. Uh, well-known in the States. Talk us about your international expansion. Yeah, so, you know, as you said, born in the States, uh, kind of stayed focused on the States, just... Um, and Canada. And Canada. You know, we've, we've definitely... Uh, and I say that from a business perspective. We've, our users are worldwide. We actually have a lot of users, you know, here in France, 
Uh, Brazil's really big for us. Japan's really big for us. Or Korea. just qualify for me. What is a user? Somebody who's actually come and registered for Cloud. Right. Okay. So like registered users uh, signing in, like managing their score, versus just having a score. All right. So I, I've logged in because I mean this notion of a user, for example, yeah. on Twitter, they say it's a monthly uh, using it monthly. Yeah. So do you have you know as a user and then as active? Or do you have a split between those? I mean, we we think about. Yeah, I guess like active once a month is basically you know, how we internally talk about it. Also, um, but our, our active user base uh, big in the U.S. But also, uh, we're doing a little bit of a station break for interruptions. <laughs> we go on. Um, Continue on. So, user base uh, big in the U.S. But Brazil, Japan, Europe. Uh, also growing really fast and, and substantial. Uh, so we focused on the U.S. from a business perspective. The platform is available around the world for consumers. We've gotten some consumers uh, in these, you know, in these various countries. This year, we did our first really, you know, big uh, international deal, and mm -hmm. it's with Orange here in France. Uh, and we didn't want to, you know, we wanted to really pick, you know, one, and we've got another one that came after that in Canada, and, you know, pick a couple and really understand what it's like to work, mm -hmm. uh, you know, out of our comfort zone and, and, and learn and try to do a, a great job. And I think we have. Mm -hmm. And uh, that sets the stage for us to, to really to go deep in these markets. And, and it's part of the reason I'm here in France right now to get you know, the temperature mm. of the interest and <clears throat> think about what 2014 means for us internationally. Right. Well, before I move back into that, how many of your 500 million, therefore, are active users? Can you tell us, you know, more about that? Uh, we don't share that, but, okay. but it's, uh, you know, it's a substantial amount. All right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So now let's talk about the, the French experience. What, what, have, what have been your key learnings of your moving into Canada and, and France? Yeah, so we really wanted to be strategic with this relationship. So we, we picked uh, specific companies that we could learn from and focused very deeply on them. You know, Fran in France here, it's orange. And put a lot of effort into these relationships, really wanting to prove success and learn how to do business. And it, it's certainly a challenge just, you know, from basic logistical stuff like scheduling phone calls and dealing with uh, nine hours. The, the nine hours and the language and we had to get an interpreter to mm. kind of uh, smooth the process along. Um, but it's been impressive to see the push for innovation isn't, isn't that different. Like, you know, uh, people, you know, brands internationally recognize that the world's changing, that connecting with influencers is a key strategic uh, initiative for them. Generating earned media is uh, incredibly important. And, you know, they see cloud as a valuable tool in doing that. Uh, but it's, you know, so the, the, the things I'm learning are... Uh, Having, getting people, focusing on a couple key partners and proving success has, has been good because it opens the doors to other things. Uh, the next question to answer that we don't have an answer yet is, okay, well, what's, what is, how do we take it to the next step? And what I'm what trying mean, to... like in terms of an office space? Yeah, or? well, like, do we, you know, we, we see Europe as a key strategic 
place for us in 2014 opportunity do we um do we hire people in each country do we have like a france team and a german team and a, you or know, a hub out of london or yeah or is it a hub or european or like how much can we do from new york and san francisco uh or do we partner with agencies uh and you know so that's the you know again that's a big part of why i'm here this weekend mm-hmm. trying to like uh investigate that and mm-hmm. Uh, and kind of, you know, there's companies that have gone before us that we can learn from, but kind of synthesizing all that to what's going to fit us mm-hmm. is kind of the next set of questions to answer. Right. Before you talked about uh, the fact you got a lot of users in Japan, Brazil, I don't remember the other countries. How do you, how do you view the, the way influence and influence marketing is evolving differently in other countries? I mean, because it's clearly not going to be the same everywhere. It seems in some ways to be evolving faster in these company countries where um, the the you know the population is so young uh, in Brazil you know most of the population is under thirty like it's uh, mm-hmm. and they're so native to digital social web and they're attention is so fragmented across mm-hmm. platforms that the only way to reach them is through social. And the only way they'll pay attention is if it's in the stream from, you know, trusted sources. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's from their friends. It's word of mouth. So there seems to be, uh, an, I don't know, uh, an understanding that this is important in these, these emerging markets, uh, and a willingness to experiment. What we see is people using our data and doing cool mm-hmm. things without us even involved. Mm-hmm. And we think that's great because, yeah. uh, you know, it's just kind of setting the stage uh, for as we come with a more uh, robust solution. Uh, so, you know, we're really encouraged about the, the long-term international opportunity. Well, you used the word trusted just now, you know, having a trusted source in your stream. We're, how, how do you link trust and influence in your mind? Where, where does that go in that conversation? Yeah, there, there's a lot of... These words are all soft. I think about, you know, reputation, influence, uh, skill, you know, like uh, expertise, trust. They're all... They all overlap in different ways. And uh, the clout score in itself is too blunt of an object mm-hmm. to to kind of differentiate between them. Uh, but the the score is you know a blunt object and it's helpful because people understand it. They can argue about it. They can compare it. Whatever. Uh, but the power is in that 15 billion pieces of data we ingest every day, and we know things like uh, you're friends with this person across five different networks, and um, we know that you have tons of common friends, and we know you talk about the same stuff, and we know you went to the same college, and we know a lot of different factors to say, uh, you know, this is, you know, this goes beyond influence. This is trust. Uh, Mm -hmm. A good example of that is Justin Bieber has, you know, an incredibly high cloud score, but has no influence over me directly. My mom, who's really only on Facebook to like stalk my sister and I, uh, and is not trying to be influential, has extremely high influence over us. And we actually have a score behind the scenes between every node in the graph to say how much you know how much you're influenced by each person and uh, and you know that's 
where we are as a company, you know, I'd say we, we've spent 90 plus percent of our time and effort on building this platform and building this engine. What you see from either a consumer or a business standpoint from an interface perspective is super simplistic. It's, mm -hmm. you know, one simple number. It's the tip of the iceberg. What's exciting to me is uh, exposing everything beneath the water mm -hmm. and adding more context, whether it's, you know, trust and, and the influence between relationships or it's, uh, you know, arts topics. Or there's a million ways to cut this data. And, you know, that's what's from a, a product perspective, what's really exciting. Mm. Like, I mean, that's clearly monetizable value when it's well, well uh, researched. Yeah. And, you know, and, uh, if you think about one of the theses when I started the company was every form of broadcast media is measured. Uh, radio is measured, TV is measured, web's measured, newspapers, you know, they're all measured. People are now broadcasters. And every person has an audience, and that audience may be huge but shallow, mm -hmm. like a Justin Bieber, or it may be very narrow but incredibly deep, like my mom. And uh, advertisers and businesses in general want to know, you know, want to understand that because mm -hmm. they know that we we look to our friends. We look to the people we trust mm -hmm. to broker our time, mm -hmm. to broker, you know, what links we click to, you know, what ideas we subscribe to. And, uh, you know, so it's incredibly valuable and, uh, giving businesses the, uh, the ability to giving users the ability to, uh, understand their own information and to be able to benefit from it is kind of our goal one. And then, you know, goal two is, you know, helping businesses connect with the right people. All right. Well, let's, let's talk about dealing with companies. You've got a lot of big, big clients, uh, some of the best in social, amongst others, Starbucks, I guess. And uh, you, you can tell me more. Yeah. But, uh, Ford, what, what are the challenges uh, that you as an organization face when you're trying to sell in your project? And, and what kind of advice do you give behind four walls? Yeah. <laughs> to say, listen, listen, you guys, we've got a great thing. This is what you're going to need to do in order to make this happen. You know, what kind of strong advice do you have in that regard? So, you know, we're fortunate that we've kind of blazed a trail in this space and we've established a good brand and a good reputation. And, you know, we get to work. Our first customer was Starbucks. Our second customer was P&G. You know, our third customer was Virgin America. Like, we've really, from the start, had great, great brands. Uh, and we get access to, you know, we get invited in and get access to an incredible number of decision makers in these brands. And it is still an education process, you know. Uh, I think the, the, the things that market, the message we always try to push to marketers is you're dealing with people, not pages, where, you know, Digital marketers are just like, okay, throw banners everywhere. Let's do this. Let's get people to watch this video. Click, uh, here. click here. Do this. You know, convert this. Uh, and it's very mechanical. And and when you're dealing with people that you're trusting to tell the story of your brand, because they're going to tell it regardlessly. But you know, putting yourself in a position where you can have a relationship with them, so they tell it in the light that you know it's hopefully beneficial to you. It's, it takes a lot more finesse. It takes a lot more thinking. It takes, uh, you know, it takes effort that is not, doesn't fit in a spreadsheet, mm -hmm. you know, in terms of like, 
you know, okay, how many impressions are we going to get? What's the conversion? Bang. Well, part of that is not being a control freak and, and um, allowing some freedom in the way it's expressed. Yeah, that comes up uh, as a question a lot because when we connect a brand and an influencer, our code of ethics is we don't tell the influencer what to say. You know, brands all the time say, okay, we just want them to tweet this. Mm-hmm. And uh, we don't want to buy anybody's tweet. Mm-hmm. We don't want to taint their, you know, we don't want to taint their influence. Uh, we tell the, our users that you can say whatever you want. Mm-hmm. You can say you love it. You can say you hate it. You can say nothing. Uh, and that's scary for a brand mm-hmm. uh, because you do have to kind of give control away. Uh, what we found, though, is... We give people an outlet where if they have feedback or complaints or whatever it might be, they can do it and they don't have to do it publicly. Mm-hmm. So we actually, so if you're a perk participant, we offline. Yeah, you can. We give you a direct channel back mm-hmm. to the brand, and it works great because a lot of these, a lot of our customers are launching new products and they want that feedback, uh, and they want that feedback privately in a way that they can act on it and not publicly where they're blasted. For the user. I don't know. I think, you know, even though we don't say, we say you can say whatever you want, I think most people, you feel like a jerk yeah. if you got something for free and you went online. Right. And I, then... I was upgraded the other day uh, on a flight, and uh, they put me in a seat, and I'm like, oh, huh. I could have asked for another seat. But I was like, wait a second, I just got a gift horse. Yeah, like, you, you don't want to be a greedy and a jerk. Right. So, you know, 95% of the content that is generated is positive. And the negative stuff comes back in feedback, and then that's great. That's a chance for a brand to win over somebody to show, to like listen to them and uh, and create what you know could be a lifelong advocate. So, uh, it, but it's a different world. It's not impressions. It's not you know. It's it's people and relationships, mm-hmm. and that is just something that uh, you know, that's like a big part of the conversation with brands. I'm sure it is. One of the things I um, wanted to just throw out, a, a, not a curveball, but a, a, an idea. The way I've, I've viewed clout, uh, and I've written about it, is that I, I think of it as a hub for all my social uh, profiles. So actually for me, it's just a, it'd be, it, it could consider it as a way for me just to to, to aggregate yeah. my social presences without forgetting the influence component. And, and where that leads me to is, as I, as I think about the evolution of email, for example, I would love for there to be a, a layer on top of my email that identified those people with whom I'm connected before they arrive in my inbox. So Gmail has their other priority yeah. inbox. But even on top of that, layer in people that are part of my overall network, friend of a friend, maybe doesn't have my email, but then connected with them on Twitter, that's okay. And I could imagine having um, parameters for that. Is I mean, is that something that cloud... What, what do you think about that? So it's definitely one of the themes uh, we think about internally. And, you know, a slight different... We think of it as meta-identity, where... Um, yeah, you know, the power of clout is we're aggregating your presence across all these networks. But we can represent trust, authority, reputation, at least, you know, high level enough in a number that whether it's email or it's, you know, 
an e-commerce transaction or Airbnb or whatever, you can have confidence you're dealing with somebody who's a real person, who cares about their reputation, who is publicly known enough that if something weird happened, you could find them uh, without actually giving away your name, address, phone number, mm -hmm. all those things. Uh, and that is, you know, I think one of the one of the pieces of clout that is uh, long run. I think it's you know it, it's happening right now. Like we even have dating sites that use clout, mm -hmm. and they use it to not to connect influencers, but they use it to connect people who are both influential about travel because right. they know you're going to um, you know you're going to have something to talk about. Yeah. Uh, but they also, it tells you, you know, in using clout, it, it lets you know that you're like, okay, you're going to meet up with somebody who's like, not going to be a creep. And if they are a creep, you're going to be able to find them online and, right. and, and make the <laughs> world known of who they are. Yeah. Uh, so I think it, you know, I think it fits an email. I think it fits in a lot of use yeah. cases that, uh, you know, that's what our API does. And, yeah. uh, you know, we kind of encourage that kind of experimentation. All right. And uh, so last question, 2014, what kind of developments can you tell us about that Tyler is going to be rolling out for us? So you're going to see, uh, you know, maybe even slightly before 2014, a completely new user experience on cloud. For the, for the user, consumer, not the business. Yeah, for the consumer. Uh, and really, one of the things I've personally always been frustrated with is I think we've made advances in helping people understand their score. I think there's still more we can and will do there. Um, but <laughs> we've done nothing to help you get better mm. at your score. To get, you're, you always ask that question as you were today. How did I improve yeah. my score? And it's a fair question. And, like, you know, there's a lot of things we, we, you know, cultivating influence, I think, should be part of our mission, where we help you be a more effective content creator. We help you have a bigger impact on the world. Like, those are all positive things that uh, we will be introducing. Um, and it'll mirror, uh, we, have, we launched Cloud for Business this year. Amazing success. We launched it, I don't know, April or May. We're already over 100,000 businesses using it to understand who their network is. Uh, but to now help consumers understand and increase their score and increase their effectiveness on social media and helping businesses reward those people uh, kind of more automated way is, is, you know, from a product standpoint, that's going to be what 2014 is about. We're always obsessed with data dominance. You know, where are the new data sources? Mm -hmm. How do we bring more real-world influence in? Like, that's always happening. And then a big push to international, um, you know, looking at Europe, looking at Asia, looking at Brazil, and uh, how do we... How do we properly introduce clout to those markets? Brilliant. So anyone um, wants to track you down or at least uh, get in touch with you guys, how is the best way? So I'm uh, at Joe Fernandez on Twitter. Uh, very active there. I take the tweets and increase my score. Uh, sure. And uh, Joe at Clout for email. Um, and I can, uh, yeah, Joe at Clout.com. Uh, and if I can't answer a person's question, I could Fine. get them to the right person. Splendid. Joe, thanks for coming on the show. Great to have you here. I hope you... Oh, yeah. What's the, what, what, uh, how long have you been in Paris so far? 
I got here yesterday, and I leave tomorrow morning. Right. So it's a less than 48-hour trip. All right. Well, next time you better have time for a good boulder with me. Yes, I hope so. Yes, definitely. Thanks for having listened to this recording of the Minter Dialogue Internet Show. You'll find the show notes on themindset.com, where you can also sign up for my weekly newsletter at forward slash subscribe. If you like the show, please rate it in iTunes, and don't forget to click the handy Facebook like button or to tweet it out. In the meantime, please come join the conversation at The Mindset or catch me on Twitter at M-D-I-A-L. Happy trails. Martin, host of Pit Pass Indy. Each week, I go behind the scenes of the NTT IndyCar Series and introduce our listeners to the biggest stars of IndyCar, which features the Indianapolis 500 as its cornerstone event. The men and women that compete in IndyCar may be the bravest athletes in all of sport as danger lurks around every corner. They are able to look danger in the eye without flinching. That is why the NTT IndyCar Series features the best racing on the planet. Join me every week as we talk to the stars of IndyCar, including the legends of the Indianapolis 500 on Pit Pass Indy from Evergreen Podcast.